Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, and welcome back to Supergirl TV Talk. This is the show where we talk to you about the CW's hit shows, Supergirl, The Flash, and Arrow, in no particular order. I'm Frank, uh, and with me, or am I Tim? I don't really know, actually, who I am. There's a big uh, identity crisis happening here, if you will. Um, across the internet from me is the guy who's usually here. I'm. Are you Frank? Are you Tim? What's happening? I don't really know what's happening. I'm Frank. I woke up and I was bald, so obviously oh. I'm Frank. Well, you could also be a, uh, there's a, um, well, you could be somebody else. Um, we have here <gasps> somebody else. You say, yeah, there, there's another guy who fits that description. Uh, joining us uh, from uh, so many podcasts, it's it's hard to name them all. Starkville's House of Hell with Brian Austin Green, round three, uh, and countless others is the one and only Derek Russell. I like that you didn't really pause for the Starkville's House of L or a comma with the with Brian Austin Green. Me so it too. Became, it sounds oh. like Starkville's <laughs> House of L with, with Brian Austin Green. Green and yeah, fair enough. We're going to have to spin off now. I think it's going to have to happen. I don't know what that show is going to be. Technically, but I'm, that's happened I'm excited already. excited for it. Yeah, fair enough. In, in, in a sense. Touche. Thanks for joining us, dude. Happy to be here. I am stoked to have all of us around the table here together and able to talk about Elseworlds. I am jazzed as well, Frank, because as you know, we talk about Supergirl every week, but it's always nice to talk about Arrow and Flash at the same time because mm-hmm. we watch them, but we restrict our conversations to just Supergirl, right. so it's nice to kind of let loose and talk about whatever we want. It's going to be fun. Yeah. I'm here Were we for supposed it. to watch these? Oh, yeah, that was a minor. Did you not do the homework? I, I watched the opening monologues. So I know Barry Allen is the fastest man alive. Cool. And and, and Oliver that, and Queen that, spent five years in hell on an island or something. And that, and that John Deegan is from Gotham. Gotham. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. Good. Cool. You're all caught up. There. All right, you're oh, that's it. Okay. Know. Yes. Yeah. I then I am the man to talk to. Let me tell you. <laughs> because I have I know everything about these shows. Yeah, clearly. clearly. Yeah. So uh, we're going to do a little bit of a different format this week. I think we're going to have a more free-flowing, leaf-blowing discussion about um, about Elseworlds. We're going to kind of put aside the uh, the well. It's not the the. It's not really Tim's little little notebook anymore. It's more of like the the monitor's giant book. We're going to put that aside and uh, and let's let's jump in. And I guess we should go. Do you guys want to go in chronological order? Do you want to just kind of jump around? How you want to how you want to handle this? I want to jump around, jump around. Um, anyway, I do have some information about the crossovers before we get rolling, though. Some some of the usual business. The Flash, Arrow, and Supergirl, all episode nine of their respective seasons, entitled Elseworlds, Elseworlds, premiering on December 9th, 10th, and 11th of 2018. Directed by Kevin Tockerin, James Banford, and Jesse Warren. Written by Robert Rovner, Derek Simon, Mark Guggenheim, Eric Wallace, and Sam Chaslin. Story by Mark Guggenheim, showrunner of Arrow. Mm-hmm. There you go. Now I'm done with the notebook. Nice. Thank you. Thank I think you uh, Carolyn Drys was in there as well, wasn't she? She did the she did the story for the Arrow Hour for the. Oh, you know, I think she might have been done the story for that one. I think I think I did see that. I think she was story in there by. as well in the mix. Oh well, that's mm-hmm. fabulous. You know what? I just went off of what IMDb told me. So well, there you go. I don't know what to tell you, folks. I think I know. I only noticed that because she also worked on a bunch of Smallville stuff, so that caught my eye. Yep. 
Of yep. course. What other Smallville things caught your eye, Frank? <laughs> well, I guess we can start there, right? Because that, that was in hour one. Uh, so that was technically in the Flash hour. So it went Flash, then Arrow, then Supergirl. Um, yeah, in the in the in the Flash hour, we got a, a big big Superman fan service right off right off the bat, right with with Clark and Lois on the Kent farm on the original Smallville Kent farm. We got the Smallville Save Me music uh, bringing us into that sequence, and kind of a kind of a, a tip of the hat to the opening credits. Uh, of Smallville themselves, right, where we got that that shot of Smallville from, from that aerial shot that was sort of reminiscent of. I almost expected the words Smallville to fly onto the screen with the with the meteors around him, um, and and the establishing shots of the Kent farm were the same. They're were the, the same, same angles. shots, mm-hmm. same angles. Yep, right on. And Barry and Oliver needed somebody to save them, so <laughs> the song was an Easter egg, but it also kind of fit what was going to happen next, which I appreciated. It wasn't just thrown in there for the sake of being thrown in there. Like there was like, oh, we better go to Earth thirty eight for so for Car to save us, and then it goes right into somebody save me. It was pretty great. <laughs> it was it was kind of a fun transition. A little bit a little bit um, unusual for these shows because they don't usually use a lot of you know pop music. Um, and typically it's just you know whatever score is composed for for the shows so it was a little bit out of the ordinary um i i think i might have i i love that they did that i love the idea of it i feel like i might have preferred it and maybe Derek, maybe you might agree with this Derek. i might have preferred it if it was more of like an in in universe like if it was playing on the radio of the truck or something while clark was working on it or, or something along those lines i don't know what do you think i it felt when the breach opened it started playing and i was like is the breach playing the song what <laughs> how is like it It felt like it was on in the tunnel like it was it, w- it was within the breach like this was the soundtrack for the breach like oh you're going to that earth we're gonna we got a song for you um, pump up the music yeah I, you guys are the pickiest smallville fans <laughs> i've ever encountered my god they literally threw you a huge you're smallville right. you're bone right. you're absolutely for right. the people like you who still love this show for the reasons and then you're both like what? that was like i would have done what it do you, because what do you mean you people no, oh I, my I, I, um, it was very jarring to me like yeah, I, I will. I will straight up say thanks for throwing me a bone, but at the same time, I didn't like this bone. I'm gonna push it back across the okay. table. Hey, oh wow! Like, right. Now, now, I I did when I knew they were gonna play the song. I thought, oh, like you, you know, we've seen the shots of them working on the truck. It'll be playing on the radio. That, that's what I figured. Of the truck, yeah, like you said, or it'll be Lois's ringtone or something. Oh, sure, not, yeah. Not, hey, let's jump Earths. To the to the sounds of sweet sounds of Remy Zero, like it just it was kind of it was kind of weird, right. and I think it was it like you said it was weird because Smallville did use pop songs like that, like that was a very like set up scene change kind of thing for them to do, and these shows don't do that, so blaring music out of nowhere just was odd. It was an odd choice. All right, I, all right, I I, 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 I I appreciated the nod, but it didn't really it made work me for me. It made me happy. I, more overall, it, made, it just it made me happy. And 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 let's talk about you know the characterization that we saw of you know we got more in depth with Clark uh, than we had when we saw him in season two, um, and we got Lois for the first time, which I was thrilled with her characterization. Like absolutely, so happy with 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 what they gave us of of Lois. Like she was, she was what I what I want, and she's the kind of Lois that I would want to see with that Clark in their own show. I absolutely I absolutely agree with that. She she's everything that I love about Lois. 
Like it was all she, you know, for her what maybe fifteen minutes of screen time total. You know, she she really encapsulated their relationship really well, but also just the her own characterization. The moment that kind of sold me was very early on was when she was talking about the need to write a story. You know, mm. she just has to write it. You know, because it's 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 a part of her. But then she's talking to Karen. She's like Karen. She's like, you know that feeling, right? And she kind of like gives her a side eye and raises her arm. And Clark's behind her, going, "No, no, <laughs> no." That was perfect. That was I- exactly what they should have been at that moment, especially Lois in that scene. Like, huh, huh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, all right, yeah, you know. So I, I would love to see more of her. Now we, you know, because they're going to Argo. And he's giving up being Superman for a little while, you know, and they're going to Argo for for a bit. You know, we, we probably won't be seeing them for the rest of this season, mm. but I think that they're going to make a reappearance for Crisis on Infinite Earths. I think that is a safe assumption. Yes. Yeah. Derek, you... what about you? Yeah. Uh, hi. Yes. <laughs> Excuse me. Um no, I loved Bitsy's uh, characterization of Lois. It was a little bittersweet. We found out the same week that Amy Adams will no longer be playing. That's right, Lois yeah. in the film. So we, you know, it was kind of like you know, open one door, close one door, get get a window open. We got Bitsy, who was just a gem. To to me, mm-hmm. she was the standout of well, all three episodes, but she was I, only in the two of them. I um, agree with that. She for, was the she was the standout for this yeah. whole thing. No matter what happened on screen, she is the thing that I will remember the most. Yeah, absolutely. Particularly hour three, her scenes, mm-hmm. um, because they were they did so many fun, cute little things like the "I have to go, you have to go" at the same time. Uh, when she shows up with the with the cosmic hammer with the solar hammer mm-hmm. uh, through the breach, and Superman's on his back on the car, honey. Yeah, babe. What, I'm busy right now. Yeah. Coming to save the day yep. with my giant e- hammer. Even uh, the wraparound to her being caught by Superman. She said, I told you you'd catch me. You yeah. know, just like a that complete, like, great. I'm not even remotely worried. That I'm, made me so happy, that little wraparound. I mean, just just the, I even loved the small moment in, in the first episode where she's like, oh, you'll catch me. Like, just sort of the worry-free, you know, mm-hmm. love and trust that those two have and, and how evident that was there. And then they did the wraparound and, and, and called back to it in the third episode in the Supergirl episode, and I was really, really happy about that because I was already, you know, loving that line on its own. And then to give it a little, a little compliment, a little button on the end was was great for me. Well, I was confused as to why they were. She was just going to hammer things in the barn, like it just didn't make. I was like, "What? Are you just going to go hammer nails? Like, what? Are you, what are you doing?" But we find out, obviously, at the end of hour three, that Ma Kent. There is a Ma Kent in this there universe. Is. She is alive, and they are preparing the barn for Clark to be gone for an extended period of time on right. basically on paternity leave essentially mm-hmm. yeah 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 which which, which i'm out. good with I, I i love i love that i on one hand you know superman hanging up his cape trusting the world with supergirl that's that's a different conversation the fact that he's doing it for paternity leave i absolutely love i've seen a lot of obvious blowback on the internet about that because that's all the internet is is blowback mm-hmm. but i have more i have more qualms actually with lois giving up her role at the daily planet for a year than I do. You know, I, I thought that too, because, you know, because Clark going to, you know, a different version of Krypton and not being Superman for a little while, that's Canon. That's yeah. world of Krypton. You know, that's whatever he's like, I'm going to go be here for a while. Other people have my, other people have earth's back. Yeah. It'll be okay. And so I'm totally fine. 
I was totally fine with that. It makes sense. Even makes sense for Lois to go and have, you know, baby John, Jonathan Kent on uh, um in in space with the Kryptonians because, you know, who knows what's going to happen, you know, when the baby starts kicking and blah blah blah, all that kind of stuff like they talked about. But for Lois to be like, "Yep, you know, a story I've got to write, episode one, and by episode three, she's like, going to space, see you later. But, you know, she'll also write about that, too, I'm sure. So we'll find out, maybe, one day in the maybe. future. Who's to say? Yeah, yeah. How are they getting there? Did, was that ever said, how they were? Their pod no, got but knocked the, off course. Yeah. yeah. But they, <laughs> Everybody's but then, pod got knocked off course. But they, um, I mean, they... they were already there and came back. Right, you know, right. Because she visited, talks about seeing the jewel mountains the, uh, and stuff like that. So that's that's where the baby making happened. So right, mm-hmm. it's yeah. probably the fortress. Probably some some something Jorel left. Kawachi caves. Yeah, go with that. We'll go with Kawachi, Kawachi caves. caves. Yeah. yeah. No, no, we're not going to go with that. <laughs> we're not. Go, we're not going. It's with that. it's two to one, Tim. I, it's it's Kawachi no. caves. I'm just saying that fortress. He's, looks, fly, look, he's flying her there because okay. he's Superman sure. at the end. Okay. Well, in in space, I'll you know it, the, the, those robes they have. It's there's a there's an updraft of there's a uh, it, it's magic. Kawachi caves. Kawachi. <laughs> um, that fortress was not great, by the way. Fortress was solitude. You don't think so? You didn't no. think it was good? It's just just a small room packed with foam rubber, really. Yeah, but I mean, you figure everything else that happened in these three episodes. Did, did like, we not, did we not see the fortress in season one when when Kara didn't Kara yeah, go to I'm her sure. own fortress? Yes, yeah, but, with, the, but, with the Jor-El statues and yeah, all that. Yeah, I am sure that that set was dismantled oh. because we haven't seen it in quite a while. Yeah, and that was back in the CBS money days. You know, we don't have that kind of money anymore. Yeah, we've been back to the fortress since then because when the first time Superman was on Supergirl, they were at the fortress. Ah, good call. And, You're right. And, Mix, and Mrs. Pitalik, we went there in that episode as well in season ah, Look at you guys. Two. Yep. Mm-hmm. So. Are you talking about the Christmas episode where, where they have to repeat the same day over and over and over again? <clears throat> no. Uh, you, you guys are not Lois and Clark fans, I see. Oh, I get oh, that. Okay. 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 <laughs> All right. Season's great. Uh, okay. I, I, I was thinking. If it's was, not on Smallville, God forbid that we put it. In, we keep hey, it I in our brain. I just see the context, not, man. Yeah. I just Mr. need a little Mr. context. Mr. So like, That's like, a, that was the context. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sure. All I remembered was her, you know, blowing up the fortress to kill Mrs. Piddle. You know, to sure bluff out Mrs. Piddlek. That's right, the right, right. that's the Howie Mandel Mrs. Piddlek episode, right? Yes. Yes, that is the yeah. Lois and Clark one. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's the one. Season four. See, I remember I stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Internet's a great friend for remembering things. <laughs> or watching it is an even better friend for remembering things. It, that is very true. That's very true. So you didn't like the fortress, but did you like the proposal in the fortress? So, um, you know what? I didn't realize they weren't already married. So I was like, wait, what's happening? Oh, are they not married? Oh, okay. Because I don't know. Oh, I just assumed that they were uh, because they usually are. So when it, when it when it talks about Clark and Lois in other episodes of Supergirl, because Kat's always like, "Oh, it's Clark," and then she like does her thing and whatever else. Then it, it, it's explicit that they're just they were only dating. I, I guess I missed that or, or or hadn't hadn't fully processed it. So so I was actually just uh, it wasn't that I didn't like it. I was just sort of taken aback because I, I forgot. Uh, well, so, so was like, Lois. So there you yeah, go. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice. It was nice. You know, the whole like squeezing to to make the diamond and all, all that. Um, 
it was it was it was I feel fun like I've see. seen that before somewhere somewhere in the mm. fortress making a diamond. I don't know. Hmm. Mm. I think it was in Superman two, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yep, wasn't on any. Else. It wasn't on any television show that no? I can recall. No, no, no television no? show where he crushed a piece of coal and got a diamond out of it and mm. heat visioned it to a ring that didn't happen anywhere. Mm, I don't think so. No? I don't think that's the no. thing. Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. That's okay. a, my my memory isn't my memory isn't very small. But I'm. I'm... The internet is great for remembering things. <laughs> <laughs> You got me. <laughs> <laughs> that's called a callback. <laughs> that's, that's what you call a callback in the business. That's a ra- that's a nice wraparound you did there. Yeah, <laughs> Any other Lois uh, and Clark thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> the show or uh, uh, this one? Open forum, really. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love Terry Hatcher. Um, <laughs> me too. <laughs> no, so. I the fortress. Yeah, it did look very different uh, this time around. I don't know how Barry and Oliver found got the there. fortress but that's a whole other well issue. it took it took uh, 17 tries as i recall right because you know because they go to cisco and they're like vibe us and they're like 17 times later they finally got there so it's not really it, they don't really tell us what those seven what happened in those 17 times but you know it's okay i, I would have rather watched those 17 attempts than some of the other choices they made in these three hours Ooh. honestly but uh no Ooh. it's fine it's fine uh, tell us more <laughs> I do think the line of the three hours or the 126 minutes when you take out commercials of these three episodes to me was, I just got back from the Fortress of Solitude. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was, was great. great. But I did love when they enter the time vault and Perry's like, this isn't the Fortress of Solitude. This is the Fortress of Nothing. This is the time vault. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this right. is the yeah, Braille yeah. Room. I've been here. <laughs> the Braille yeah. Room. Mm. I did very much enjoy the the comedy in these in these episodes but i felt that when it i felt that it it ratcheted up to seriousness mm-hmm. so it didn't feel like it to me it wasn't an odd transition to go from like the weird quantum leap freaky friday swap mm-hmm. where they just can't decide which one it is it's more of a quantum leap yeah where's yeah. the mirror um you know and they just they're not sure about themselves but it gets more serious as it goes so by the time that um uh Deegan is this parallel, you know, version of Superman and basically the the Justice League is there trying to stop him including Brainy and Martian Manhunter and you know all this different stuff is happening. The stakes feel more real at that point. Mm. And I was I was satisfied. I was very satisfied with that. I I kind of felt like some of the Supergirl characters got short shrift. Um, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Including yeah, so, Supergirl herself, I think. Oh, I don't know if I agree with that, actually. I really loved... I mean, we got. I felt like we got more Supergirl uh, in some of these episodes than we've gotten in some episodes of Supergirl, the show itself, over this season, um, uh, in, in some ways. I, I, I really enjoyed the dynamic between Barry and Kara and Oliver, um, whether in or out of costume. I found... Mm-hmm the three of them to be like really fun really um a good team that really gelled together like i would watch a detective show you know with the three of them solving mysteries every week like i would be so there for that you know i was thinking i'm glad that you said i was thinking about that watching these heroes together on screen solving problems whatever else it's conceivably you know we it's conceivably possible to strip all of their shows away 
and to do a Justice League show. Yeah. Where you just kind of keep the main, like, your main characters, your Arrows, your Flashes, your Supergirls, Supermans, Batwomans, whatever, and you just put them all in one show together. I think it is possible to, it is possible to do it now. And, you know, I don't think there's any more special effects, more or less than what we're already watching now. Mm Because they all have their own little super teams in the first place. This is just like a super, super team. Exactly. Yeah, you've already got, you know, you've already got Team Flash, Team Arrow. Um, They don't call it Team Supergirl, but that's what they are. Um, The DEO. You've got that. You know, why, why couldn't you? do a Justice League show of some kind. Maybe you don't call it Justice League yet. I don't know if you feel like you need to save that name for a, a, a lineup that includes the Trinity and, and a bunch of others. But, you know, even without, even if you just called it Justice or something, um, that would be such a fun show. And I, I re- you know, we, we had interactions already. Um, well, let, let me rephrase that. We have a lot of interaction, a lot of hi- long history of interaction between Barry and Oliver. We have some some pretty well fleshed out interactions between uh, Barry and Kara, and only a little bit of Oliver and Kara up, up before this week, right? And mm-hmm. now we've had all three of them working together as a team, and I just think that they gel so so well together that it just it just makes me really happy, and I I want to see more of it. I think that I, I'm glad the. You don't really get it when you watch their own shows, but the star power, like the star quality the three of them have is very evident when you watch them together at the same time. Because when other when it's the three of them and other characters or actors can't match their level, it's it's I found it noticeable, Mm. you know, like whereas there are some where they're even just like side bit characters like there's they have so much charisma the three of them together if you can't match their charisma you fade away like you're you're forgettable and when you put the three of them together i feel like i feel like you get something more than the sum of its parts and it it really take it they they raise each other up to a new level and and yeah, I think your point about star power is really valid because um, I, I think you do. They're not often matched with people who are on their level, but here the three of them were, you know, able to go toe to toe with each other. And for my, for me, it worked out really, really well. I loved it. Yeah, I did too. I want. I, I wanted to revisit something Tim said, and that <clears throat> the ancillary characters on supergirl let's not say ancillary the the our 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 supergirl team sure. was not well represented mm-hmm. uh this week what <laughs> what how how do you uh divorce the fact that that deegan had no clue who kara or clark were but these people still just happened to show up in on mm-hmm. earth one without a national city I I was thinking about that um, because I I was able to watch each part at least twice, you know. So mm-hmm. I think start to to notice things. I did that instead of taking notes. I guess um, I went through I went through them a couple of times, and because even in the Supergirl episode, you know, um, Alex shows up. Alex shows up. She just happens to be in this room, right? Right. And then um, and then James just happens to be a bouncer at this bar. You know, with you can tell it's alternate James because he has a mustache, um, and and he's Superman's worst pal. Which who calls you that, Jimmy? <laughs> who, who calls you that? I feel but, like okay. he calls himself that, hoping I, yeah, it's going to catch on. I feel on. like he made it's, business cards with that on it, like yeah. to the regional manager. It's like yeah. it's like um, 
it's like fetch, you know, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stop trying happen. to make Superman's worst pal, pal happen. happen. It's not going to happen, That's Jimmy. It's not a thing, Jimmy. You know, I, and I, I agree. I agree with you, but I, I think it would be more noticeable if they weren't in the show. Because Absolutely. They, because then you have three epic. Because then you have three episodes with Team Flash, one episode with Team Arrow, and then they're just not there. But the Supergirl cast is at a disadvantage because when when parallel earths are involved, the only people that ever really get involved are well, the only person that ever gets involved is Supergirl, you mm-hmm. know, and like, and Alex, I get, you know, Alex went last year, you know, so, but they don't, Team Flash works with parallel earths every day. That's what they do. It's always about a parallel earth. So it makes sense to have them in three episodes. And then Arrow has a government organization present and on there but not every arrow character was present either you didn't get any black canary no wild dog no um second black canary you know no black siren you know you think so it was it was very limited in its scope that way yeah too and and, and it would have been difficult to work in lena her agent liberty into what they were weaving yes uh, here yeah. this week but it you know obviously when brainy and john show up it's very brief um I don't know how John was protecting citizens from fire. Fire from fire. I had the same thought. <laughs> I was like, "What? That's not he, okay. Well, that shouldn't that's, work. That's mm-hmm. that's small potatoes compared to everything else. It's like Superman uh, but- <laughs> protecting people from kryptonite. It's just like I know it it's is true. small potatoes, but yeah. they were so good at representing each character the way that they were originally created in a book. You know, like in the book, they were so true to who Superman is and Lois Lane and you know batwoman to to the extent that we saw her in in one in a you know an eighth of an episode but jean protecting people from fire seems like just like a silly mistake it happens it does it does unfortunately but yeah i questioned i don't know and going back to the beginning i questioned why deegan did what he did when he was given the book anyway um why he can do whatever he wants. He's like, I'm going to do a vice versa. Or Well, he doesn't. A- so he doesn't. So when they show up at Arkham Asylum and they, t- when Diggle and Oliver show up to confront him, he's like, oh, Oliver Queen. You know, I was just sitting here wondering why I didn't become the Flash. And yeah. now I get it. So he, he deliberately says, like, he tried to become the Flash and then... And then he but, messed up, and this is just the thing that happened. But why? Why are Barry and Oliver the only two people who know that anything happened? Why did they retain their memories? <laughs> like it's just that was what I was questioning. For I have a bigger. Game. I have a bigger question for you. Why, when they were knocked out with Scarecrow's fear gas in Arkham, when they get hit, why did they see? I'm why did they kiss see you f- on the mouth? Too. Yeah, flash. <laughs> Yeah, they saw like he saw Flash's villain and and Flash saw you know like it it's it should be opposite because because they they know their They're mind is themselves. intact they know who they are but the whole but the whole reason they didn't is for the story so they learn about each other and they realize what each other goes through every day and the kind of person that they are and that that helps build them up so when they confront the monitor in episode 3 they can be like no this is who I am it's all part of their learning process and like that's I mean, that's the reason it happens but i but logically just the logical part of it they should be seeing you know 
Air, um, Oliver should still see Malcolm Merlin, and Barry should still see yeah, Eobard you, Thawne. You don't yeah. fight somebody else's fears; you fight your own. Like right. that, it just didn't work for me. It was the storytelling was was to a degree I felt secondary to the. This is cool. Here's what we're gonna do. Like mm. my right brain for the last three nights has been on fire, <laughs> but my left brain has been like, "Wait a minute, that's not right." And I, I, I'm the king of suspension of disbelief. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but but th- th- there was some some logic that I felt like was put by the wayside in order to t- do some fun things. Mm. Yeah, I, I think there's there's probably some truth to that. I think they they probably did do a little bit of um, they probably bent it a little bit more and, and asked us to do some more suspension of disbelief than they normally would. Um, and and in some places like like the scarecrow uh, thing you guys are 100 percent right that doesn't really doesn't really add up same for for jean protecting people from fire doesn't really work out um there are just some things that i think you know we need to admit yeah. like eh, these things didn't really hold water it's still fun to watch right but we can just sort of say like well this is this is a little hand wavy it's sort of a hand wavy explanation but it's what we well, got even something like oliver having a kryptonite arrow doesn't mm-hmm, make sense. Mm-hmm. No, you it know, doesn't make sense. He happens to have one. And you could say, well, it's alternate reality, blah, 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 all these different reasons. But it doesn't, it, it, you know, you're going to, you're stretching it, I think. But stretch. at the end of the day, does it really matter? Mm-hmm. Does it matter if we know how we got that arrow? Mm, not really. Does it matter that they saw each other's fears instead of their own? Mm, not really. Because the whole point of the crossovers is to have fun. And at the end, did we all have fun? I had fun. I sometimes had fun. (laughs) I I had more fun often than I did. I had all, (laughs) how am I trying to word that? I often had more fun than I did not. Sure. Let's, let's put it like, sure. Yeah. I had more fun in the first episode than in the other two. I agree. Yeah. I'm going to have to agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, but I, I felt like the story ahead, started to unravel a little bit in in episode three. Like I feel like there were parts that if you started to tug, things would start to fall apart in episode three a little bit. Um, so so I think the story was I think that that the it didn't end or it did, they didn't land it as as firmly as it took off. Um, but but I still had fun, you know, for for the vast majority of this whole thing, and I, I'm still like this was more fun for me than any any DC movie of the last five years barring Wonder Woman yes I I would agree I agree with that this is the the tone they the tone they struck the action the Easter eggs the the locations the characters they these are the people that I I want to see mm-hmm. and I was happy to see them and I really and I wasn't anything that like we're griping about I'm not discour- I was not discouraged by any of it. I was just like, oh well, that's a weird story loophole or a weird yeah. story error. But but it doesn't it didn't take away from my overall enjoyment of the crossover. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Yeah, I, I saw I see the flaws and I will I will criticize them where they deserve criticism. But it didn't doesn't mean I didn't love it. It's that it's that thing of you know the more you love a franchise, the more you love a property, the more you see the flaws and are willing to talk about them because we're fans and we we talk about this stuff. But it doesn't take away from necessarily from the enjoyment or it doesn't kill the enjoyment altogether. Yeah, Derek, what say you? There were moments in the third one where I. I and probably my 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 biggest issues where I felt like I was watching 
uh, a foreign film that didn't have subtitles on <laughs> uh, sometimes. <laughs> like I felt like I wasn't understanding things that I should easily understand. But other than that, yeah, no, I, I it was it was fun to see these characters together. It was fun to see Ruby Rose uh, as Batwoman, and and obviously Clark and Lois can can turn just about anything around for me. Uh, I, I do agree that I think I had more fun in the first hour than than I did any of the other two. Uh, some of the, and, and not even the logic. I think some of the choices they made were were the confusing points to me. Like why we had to wait until the beginning of hour three to find out that evil Superman was Deegan. Why why we didn't end mm. on that note at the end of hour two. Why the why the monologue revealed that. I think yes, uh, that's something I would effect, I would right? give for the cliffhanger effect, you know, because you're thinking about it as a fan of comic books, I think, you know, or of these characters as a general audience member. So like so, for instance, so I'm a so I, as listeners of our show already know that I, I'm a teacher. And so like I had students come in today who watched it all three and they're like, I have questions. And I was like, wait for the third part, because maybe it'll answer those questions. But that was never so that was not something that came up. Mm. remote like remotely they they understood Deegan and his motivations and why the switch and the swap and all that it was very clear to them even though they're the kids that who I talk to are not comic book readers like the they only watch someone like only watches Supergirl you know and the other one watches all three but neither of them were confused by what was happening in that well, sense uh, not confused but are you saying that your two students knew that at the end of the arrow episode that D- they knew deegan was superman no but it didn't it didn't bother them that they didn't know i i didn't it didn't bother me that i didn't know i didn't know that there was anything to know you see what i'm you saying got your like known I, I unknowns thought, and you got your unknown unknowns and <laughs> they don't know that we know they know i i just thought evil superman Right. Like at the end of hour two, I didn't know why we had to, why at the beginning of hour three we suddenly made the switch to it being Deacon. Mm. Well, it but it but doesn't bother I, me. He I, no, but he wants to be a hero. That's that was his whole point of his whole speech at the beginning is like we need to help our of season uh, the uh, episode one of the crossovers. We need to help our patients. You know that's why he does these experiments. You know because he. He he's trying to help people. He doesn't see himself as an, he's not rewriting reality because he wants to be the ruler. He's rewriting it because he wants to be a hero. That's why the monitor gives him a book in the first place because he has this warped perception of heroism, and the monitor is trying to find the best heroes. See, that's a that's a big bluff for Barry and Oliver take though to bring down a crane based on something they don't fully are aware of just yet. Yeah, I think, but I think Oliver's aware because Deegan told Oliver that he tried to be the Flash and it didn't work. You know, like that's the conversation they had in Arkham Asylum. Uh, it, 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 I don't know. It was it was weird to me when Deegan was like, "I got to save these kids," and then twenty minutes later, everything's blowing up and the world's going to hell. Sure, uh, but it's because he's rewriting it to do it over again. Well, how does Superman know what Earth One? is like to open the book and fix everything. I don't know. It said he had, see, that's one of those things where it like skates over it. Cause he says yeah. like, Oh, I've encountered things like this before. It's all part of the mind. And I don't know if it's about knowing what earth like is one exactly to put it back, but to think hard enough about like, go back to the way it was to be normal. Maybe that's enough for the book. There's no science so re- in the book. It's magic. 
Who reset cares? to factory settings. Basically, I think that's basically what he's thinking okay. about. Yeah, it's like well, it's like there's only two options for the book. You can hit shuffle, or you could you could edit undo. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's I, if that's what we're going off of. Sure. Right? If that if that makes you sleep better tonight, then yes, <laughs> then let's we'll go nothing with that. makes me nothing makes me sleep better too. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is the thing that Tim does. This is what I have to. This is what I have to deal with every week, Derek. Is I have to. I come in and I'm like, ah, grumble, grumble. Why do they do this this way? And he like okay, has a very well, I measured. Can put on, I can put on my big boy pants and ask harder questions <laughs> if we want to go that way. No, that's not what I'm saying. I got more. I'm saying I got more, Tim. Here, uh, 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 why is somebody who's been Superman ten minutes defeating Superman? Why is super? So why is Deegan as Superman defeating real Superman? Uh huh. Is he though? Is he defeating real Superman? He was kicking his ass. Maybe he was confused. Maybe he was tired. I mean, you know, my, kicking be, his ass. He's going to be a father. You know, he's thinking about a lot of <laughs> stuff about his kids. <laughs> uh, my thought process, Tim, was he in this new reality that Deegan's rewritten. He's been Superman, right? So, so because he's yes. rewritten the past, like he's been Superman in this new reality. So it's not like he's just learning how to use his powers. He's been Superman for a while. Everybody knows him, right? Everybody recognizes him on that Earth. That's true because they have they have that whole team, and they're all and they're all wearing they all wearing the Superman crest, and he has a you know his you know his base of operation and his agents and what that doesn't happen in ten minutes. But so. he hasn't he hasn't lived that life. It's just like. But it doesn't matter. But see, like, but in like, even yeah. in the body swap, they all have, like, Team Flash is all they've all lived with Oliver as Barry their whole lives. They don't know anything different. Exactly. So then Deegan also like has all that information stored within him to know how to use all those powers and everything like that. It's like the, the, Barry does. I mean, Oliver doesn't know how to use Barry's powers because he knows he's Barry. If he thought he was, if he was really Barry. Then there wouldn't be a problem. Mm-hmm. So, does, is that the same answer you're going to give me when I ask why that lady screamed out Bizarro when there's no Superman on this earth? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I think so. Because I, think, I this... think she was just screaming out like, "Wow, this is so Bizarro!" Oh, I'm a fan of Seinfeld. It? Winks at camera. You know. <laughs> oh, that's worse. I don't know about that. I would have given, given you the the. I would have given you the thing if you had said there was a Bizarro at some point. I, I would assume Superman if he fault. if he's been Superman for a long time, then yeah, there's probably a Bizarro. Uh, yeah. Okay, that's my assumption. <laughs> yeah, that's how that's how I'm going to take that. Yeah, I will say that did stick out to me. I was like, "That's strange. That was a strange it, it, Easter yeah. egg." Yeah, just like have them shout Bizarro. That'll be nice. That was yeah. That was one kind of fan service that was sort of you know when, when it doesn't really make sense when it's just fan service when it's an Easter egg for its own sake and doesn't really connect back to the story then it's sort of you know I could do without. I'm not mad about it. To your point earlier, Tim, like I'm not going to grumble about the nice things that they give us. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think that's one of those things that probably would have been, wouldn't have hurt to not have it in my defense. Cause I feel like I need one. I'm not grumbling. I'm just asking questions. Oh, I mean, you're just playing devil's advocate. Yeah, sure. Sure. Sorry. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to put that on. Bizarro's advocate. Let's, let's, let's let's, let's ask, let's put it nicely. That sounds like a, Sears attorney. (laughs) Bizarro's so, advocate. It's actually my one-man show I'm working on for Broadway right now. <laughs> nice. Coming soon. Bizarro's let's, advocate. Let's talk about shout. Let's talk about Batwoman because, uh, yes. or just the whole Gotham episode because you guys are big Superman fans, but I'm a huge Batman fan. You yes. love ba- Superman the way that I love Batman. Yes. So let's let's talk about 
let's talk about that Gotham episode. Where'd your ha- boy go? Where's where'd your boy go for three years? Where Actually, is he? So here's so here's the thing. I normally can't stand it. I just literally can't stand it when they're like, Batman's gone and we don't know where he is. He's just gone and he just gave up. <laughs> like I just it bothered me when Birds of Prey came out in two thousand whatever that came out for thirteen episodes, thank God. Yeah. Um that was just like, and then one day Batman vanished because he just, he drove away in the Batmobile because that was some stock footage we had. And then, oh, it's just the worst. And then Dark Knight Rises, he's like, oh, I'm sad about Rachel. And I, and the, I guess the city's low on crime, so I'll give up being Batman because my knee hurts. Shut up. <laughs> you know, um, I just, it's. Can we petition you to voice Bruce Wayne in a DC animated film? Because I actually love your take on Batman. <laughs> oh, thanks. I'm a fan. Oh, I'm my, my, my knee hurts. Anyway, <laughs> it started to sound like Bane. Oh, nice Bane mask in this episode, though. Oh, that true. Was a nice, that was a nice prop in Arkham Asylum. So, but here's the thing: this Batman, he's gone. Bruce Wayne's gone. Batman's gone. And Kate Kane deliberately says he. Bruce didn't go down without a fight. Bruce didn't leave without a fight, which he's really talking about. Batman didn't leave without a fight. Mm-hmm. And we saw a Bane mask, which I don't I don't think they're correlated together. But here's my theory. I think Batman's broken. I think his I think his back is broken. I don't think oh. he ran. I don't think he ran away. I don't think he retired. I don't think I don't think any other things. I think he he literally can't be Batman. I think I think this is we're in that space of time where he physically can't be Batman right now. Mm-hmm. And that's why and that's why he disappeared 3 years ago. And it's not a magic like like doctor who heals his spine or anything like that in the comics. You know, it's just like he just physically can't do it anymore. And that's why he's gone. Or he's and a so myth. Well, he's yeah. I did like that. I love the only vigilante. I loved that Oliver was like, "I'm the original vigilante." Know, and you're like, "Yeah, sure. okay, sure, 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 sure. It's okay." But I loved that because you know Arrow gets flack because they're like, "Oh, he's just Batman or whatever," you know. And people are like, "Oh, they didn't make a Batman show, so they use Green Arrow." Blah blah blah, and that's fine. That's that's totally fine. But I love that Oliver in universe is insecure about that. Where he's mm-hmm. just like, I know I'm the second bat, like, but he just like he has to fight it. That was a wonderful idea on their part, and I love that Barry, like anything else, fanboys about it. Yes, you know? totally. Oh, Batman's real. When Kate Kane is like, look, if you came here to to compare grappling hooks with Batman, he's he's gone. And Barry's like, oh, I wouldn't dream of comparing myself to a badass like Batman. I know. Just like rubbing it in Oliver's face. It's it was it was. Pretty great. So, so the Batman disappearing thing didn't bother me this time around because the way that it was presented is not no oh, Batman shad and I don't want to be Batman anymore. It's more about he can't anymore. Like there's something that stops him from mm-hmm. being Batman in a way like you know like Batman Beyond. He had a heart attack and pulled a gun on a kid. You know that's a good reason to not be Batman anymore. You know I accept that. You know I I accept age as in as part of your infirmity or you know not having a spine or maybe he's maybe he got you know maybe he's stuck in time somewhere you know like there are reasons why batman disappears all over the place this they presented it in a way that i say you still get batman so i'm okay with it mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay what what do you guys think yeah i i, I felt 
I felt similarly. I, I like your theory. I'm going to subscribe. That's my headcanon. That's uh, I'm, I'm going to subscribe to that theory that that he's not there because he can't be there. Um, but that said, it doesn't bother me as much when he's when he's not there. And maybe that's because I don't have the same attachment. It would bother me a lot if you know if it's like Superman's going to be quit being Superman for a while and didn't have a good reason. Um, yeah. So you find like Superman's reason of like going on paternity leave basically a good reason not to be Superman. It's borderline, but it's good enough. Um, I, I, I'm still not crazy about the idea, um, at its core, but I'm okay enough with that idea because it feels, it feels consistent enough with the character, right? Um, and I think your theory of, of and he's, and he's done it before and he's done it before, he's done it before. I I didn't always love it when he did it before, but he has done it before. So there's precedent. Now your theory about Batman, I like for the same reasons. It feels like a good enough reason that it's like, well, I mean, he, he physically can't. And this is a, you know, this universe is a little more grounded in reality. Um, arguably, you know, especially the Arrow stuff is is more grounded in reality. So, you know that that sort of checks out, and that that works better for me. I would, I would, I would fight you on the fact that this is grounded in reality based off of what we just saw. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm talking about I'm talking about Arrow. Arrow started mm. off like we didn't even see anybody with powers in Arrow for one or two seasons. That is cor- that is correct. Not in season one, but season two had the Mirakuru serum. Season go. three had Rachel Ghoul with the Lazarus Pit with actual immortality. So I I will fight you on that. I understand what you mean that it's not like science superhero it's it's street level crime gritty superhero which tends which feels more realistic right because it it, yes it's more relatable i guess in that way yes and it's more about real people uh, who who are it's more about vigilantes than an arrow is more about vigilantes than it is about super powered beings so that that's that's all i mean by more realistic i don't mean that it is realistic i don't mean that it's hyper realistic i just mean that it's more realistic than than flash or supergirl then I will not fight you anymore. Okay, that's that makes sense to me. That makes sense to me. So, so with the 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 Batman stuff, um, there was a lot of Batman Easter eggs going around in here. You know, the Wi-Fi password being Alfred <laughs> yeah. um, is is fun. Not a good Wi-Fi password, by the way. Not is it a capital A or yeah. no? What is there an exclamation point at the end of Alfred? You know, an emoji <laughs> cup of tea. What's happening? What is the <laughs> what a dustpan? Uh, so. So uh, that that was fun. All the um, rogues gallery names on Arkham Asylum. You know, fun. there's you know Victor Freeze's gun, which I'll get back to. But you know, there's Poison Ivy and the Penguin and Clayface and Mark Guggenheim, which was hilarious. That was hilarious. I loved that so much. You know that that was spectacular. What I what I did like on the side. I think Frank, I texted you about this on the side of the door of the Riddler's um, door. There's um, some. Writing and it says what's gray and blue and red all over, which is usually that riddle is usually reserved for like, oh, it's a dead something or other because mm-hmm. of the red is the blood. But gray and blue probably means that Batman wears gray and blue in this universe and not black, which is super exciting to me, even if we never see it, because Batman never wears gray and blue on screen ever. Mm-hmm. It, not since Adam West. And I would love to see the quote-unquote realistic version of Batman's gray and blue suit. That would be. Do you really... think we'll get? Do you think Batman will show up for Crisis on Infinite Earths? Mm. Derek, what do you think? Get Keaton. Yeah. Look here, and here's here's my this is my big moment. This is this is my big argument with the DC films over Ooh. the past few years. Okay, I feel like so. <clears throat> so sit down. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm already <laughs> sitting. What do I do? Yeah. So do I stand now? I Good I show. have never agreed with what 
DC tried to do with their film slate. That does not say that I don't enjoy the DC EU films uh, as their you know colloquialism used to, to call them. But I feel like what they should have always done from the get go to set themselves apart from Marvel is to do the multiverse. And if you were going to make these feature films do something that stands out, and I feel like you should have gotten Keaton alongside, you know, Affleck or Bell or something, and you should have gotten uh, different actors over the years to to play these roles and 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 do these big crossover things. So obviously now we see that they're going to do crisis on infinite earths for next year which i think is pretty ballsy when you hadn't even been picked up for another season yet but whatever that's beside uh, the point actually so the um president of the cw just did an interview last week and he uh-huh. said and he sa- is quoted in saying we have no plans on ending any cw superhero oh, show go. right now okay there so i think that was like a we're doing this next year right okay great you know <laughs> i'm sure they got a plan for something the, yeah, yeah. The, but e- even if something like Let's say Arrow ends. You can still like schedule Stephen Amell to come back and be Arrow, right? You know, like it's not even if the show ends, it doesn't mean some of the characters can't return because those actors could mm-hmm. be scheduled mm-hmm. in ahead of time. Well, and that's the that's the thing. Did did it not kind of sound like at the end he was going to sacrifice himself and then didn't? Did he buy himself a year? No. Okay, here's my theory. I got I wrote it down. Here we go. This is the only other thing I wrote in the notebook. So. So the monitor's like, you know, they're going to die. So, you know, because because of this, it's faded. So what what's your exchange in return? And so and then it, and it cuts away. And when he's toasting with Barry at the bar at the end instead of hugging, mm-hmm. which was great, mm-hmm. he says to appreciating what you have for as long as you have it. Right. So that to me. A coupled with Stephen Amell a couple months ago saying that he told the Arrow writers to write every season as if it was their last season. So all those coupled together and then Barry saying in the previous episode, in our line of work, you never know how much, like, appreciate what you have because you never know how long you're going to have it, so on and so forth. I think we're all expecting Barry to disappear in the crisis, but it's going to be Oliver instead because Stephen Amell has made it so. Well, that's what I'm saying. Did it not seem like... He's going to be the one to go to go bye bye, and then it, and bought himself a year. I think he bought himself. So. I don't know if he necessarily bought himself like the. Actually, yeah, because it's crossover season, so he basically right. bought himself a year. Right. That's right. Yeah. So Super, I w- Superman's going to be off planet for a year. He bought himself a year for with the Monitor. Yeah, like I feel like that is going to get revisited on Arrow at some point. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me. It it wouldn't shock me at all if we saw Arrow end this season, and but Stephen Amell would return for the crossover, and then he disappears in the crisis in the crossover. It's also super weird to me that so many of the emotional points in the first two hours of this episode are based around their spouses, and it didn't end with them reuniting with their spouses. Mm. Oh, like, you know that like they're like seeing them really with their spouses yes you know i didn't think about that at all because it seemed, they, it seemed they, a very weird choice for me to end with the two for, for to to me for it to end with the two of them toasting each other at the bar and not with them being reunited regardless of what's going on with arrow with the oliver and felicity but that was so much of the plot of our one and two of you know what they what they built toward and then they didn't there was no kind of payoff 
on that. I don't know. Yeah. That was a weird choice to me. I felt like I feel like because they they reconcile. Like you saw them reconcile already. You saw Oliver and Felicity reconcile. You saw Barry and Iris and all the stuff. I feel like that might have been an like enough and because guess, Cara, it doesn't weren't... have a significant other they use alex as that person so you have the three of them like connecting with somebody in their life to understand something is wrong with reality right you see in all three episodes but their spouses didn't reconcile with their respective um well i but i guess yes and no but they did because they say like i believe you i believe you are this person so like to them for all intents and purposes like Oliver does become Barry and Barry does become Oliver again. Tag. Okay. I'll give you that. Okay. <laughs> this is, that's what I'm saying. Tim is really good at explaining these things in a way that you're like, yeah, he's right. He's right. I can't I, really, I, I still, I, I don't still like think it, it's, but he's right. I, I still think it's weird to not see Barry proper with Iris proper at the end and vice versa when they Sorry. did that. Regardless, you're gonna get, but you're going to get 13 more episodes of them together this season. True. I get that, but there's going to be no mention of this when we start when we come back in 2019. It's just going to be they might. So, they sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. Like like this crisis actually like resolves like like the first half of Arrow's like ongoing story with Felicity because they're having these marital issues for the first nine issue for the nine episodes of Arrow and this episode resolves that those issues or like makes its way to like a real turning point into them. So. I they yeah. might reference it. Yeah, they I might. think you're right. It is, it is a turning point. It's definitely a turning point for them because there was a there was that 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 talk that the two of them had. Um, d- it does sort of it doesn't really it doesn't end things, but now they're on the road to recovery or they're on the road to you know m- making it work again. We went the long way around on the Batman conversation, and I apologize for that because it was probably <laughs> my is, fault. But whether or not we ever see right. an actual Batman. Bruce Wayne proper on this show. Mm. I don't know. The the more they give us of the Bruce Wayne breadcrumbs over the years, I mean, the last biggest one being, well, other than obviously the last three nights being when Oliver spoke his name at that press conference. Mm-hmm. Yep. Was that last season? It was last season. Yeah. It's Bruce Wayne still in Gotham. And someone was like, nope. No, yeah. I don't think anybody said anything because yeah. he wasn't in Gotham, which I, you know, I, this is funny. I like, that he's gone I like that Batman's been gone for three years because that's the amount of crossover that he would been gone right oh you know so the crisis on like crisis on earth x or the the legends crossover with Vandal Savage all this like he wouldn't he would have already been gone for all of those crossovers so he he would have been missing for all those times so there's like an in-story reason why we never we have never seen Batman team up and do the big superhero team up with everybody that checks out. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So maybe so. Oliver's statement of like I'm like I'm the original vigilante. Well, actually, he's not. He's but not. he's the first public vigilante because outside of Gotham, everyone's like, yeah, I don't know if Batman's real or not. Which is also a very comic book direction for Batman. Mm-hmm. In the two thousands, there was a a story called War Games. Uh, which was very good. I do recommend. And in that story, Batman is caught on camera. He deliberately goes out to the news for the first time, which to everyone then says, oh, my God, Batman's actually real. Here's actual footage of Batman. It's not just people talking about it anymore. It's the first time. And he had been Batman for 
I'd say 10, 12 years at that point already. And so I, I, there's a, there's a real precedence for Batman only being a myth inside the city. So I like that too. I like that. That's, that is consistent. That is consistent with that, that style of, of Batman storytelling and him, the whole thing of him being a myth. And that, that kind of adds to the whole fear factor with him of, of, you know, being, being a myth or not knowing whether he's real. Um, I think adds to the all of the uh you know fear around him and the mystique around him and the uh, it makes the idea of him scarier than than the man in a lot of ways. Mhm. Yep, absolutely. I agree. What do we think of Kate Kane, Batwoman, Ruby Rose, all of it? Derek, you go first. You've been silent. I thought it was interesting they went back to the to the uh relationship of being cousins there because they they got rid of that for a while um but in the comics they're still no they're cousins now still yeah no no no, again yeah no they're cousins in the comics okay well now they are but at some point that was dropped was it i didn't know that i I think they did away with that at some point so it was it was neat to say that again i thought it was weird a weird choice for kara to talk about my cousin knows your cousin not not on this earth because your cousin doesn't exist on this earth but um i liked her performance uh i I, i'm glad they went away from vancouver to shoot gotham me too Um, it feels so different yeah Yeah. where Um, did they shoot that chicago chicago Chicago. okay yeah the scenes were were it looked very different and i appreciated that um I don't. Hmm. Did this Gotham feel weird to you guys, or was it? Did what it do feel, mean, did, did par it feel for the weird? course? I don't know. It felt like it felt like a city. I mean, it definitely felt different than Vancouver. So, like, uh, yes, it, yes, like, which it, I appreciated. It was almost like it was funny because, like, not being in Vancouver and watching these characters walk around, like, I felt uncomfortable. Like, oh, like, whoa, this is different. It and definitely so, felt like, different. That that like added to their uncomfortability because they're like, this is gross. Like this is a gross city. Like it's a, it's like four steps below, I don't know, Detroit or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's like nobody talks about Gotham because it's just a hellhole and a cesspool of a place. It's not even worth talking about. Not like star city is dangerous, but, but Gotham is like, you just don't go there. Gotham is hell. Gotham is hell, and and they really nailed that point, and, and you know brought it home with like the second that they arrived, they get mugged. Like it's just yeah. no no time at all. So they they what? they drove that point home pretty pretty well. Why did the red skies not follow them to Gotham when they followed them to from Central City to Star City? Maybe because it was nighttime, but well, there was no lightning. Um. That's a good question. Maybe they just weren't there for long enough time for the skies to come over. I didn't think about it. That's a really good question. That's a, that's a valid question, I think. That's yeah. a very good question. I did really like that the skies got more red as with each progressive episode. Like they were like kind of red with some yellow lightning in the first episode. Like it was kind of floating in. But by the time that the Team Arrow and Flash are on the roof in the second episode, like it's a full out red cloud storm. And it it was a very it was a very noticeable progression, which I I appreciated. Speaking of that scene on the roof, I loved Diggle being like, "How about the dumbed down version?" You know what? Beat 
How about the really dumbed down version? That was great. <laughs> that was great. David Ramsey does not get enough credit for his comedy. Oh, my goodness. He is yeah. just a gem. He's so funny. I will always laugh at the running gag of him throwing up anytime he gets super sped. Me too. <laughs> Me too. And, and, and interesting that longtime fan theory of him being the Green Lantern on another Earth gets confirmed. That was great. 90s Flash being like, oh, John, you're not wearing your ring. Oh, things must be different here. So I loved that. Can we pause on that for one second? Because how did you guys interpret that? My interpretation was that John Stewart on Earth 90 looks like John Diggle. It's like John Diggle and John Stewart are, are that's that's my interpretation too, of each other. Because that's my interpretation because John Wesley Ship, who who looks like Jay Garrick in one earth and then right. and then um John was what's his what's Barry's father's name? John Henry. 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 Um Henry looks like Henry Allen on this earth. I and looks like Barry Allen on on Earth ninety. I would assume that John Diggle looks like John Stewart. That was my interpretation. I did hear yeah. some people saying, no, 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 I took it as there's a John Diggle on Earth-90 and he's the Green Lantern there. Yeah, I I think you could do either one yeah. and it would satisfy people. Like, I would be satisfied either way. It doesn't matter to Same. me. Same. I'd be satisfied either way. I'd be slightly more satisfied if it's John Stewart because I love John Stewart. He's probably my like, my favorite Green Lantern or second favorite. But yeah. um, I but, agree, yeah, though. I'm, John Diggle's personality is John Stewart. That's, that's, that's They are the same person. Pretty true. That's pretty true. I, I was just tickled either way that they that they made that reference. It made me real happy. I was real, real happy. It made the universe feel so much bigger. Is that did anybody yeah. else feel that? Just like in one sentence, I was like, wow, that's crazy that you like know him and he's a Green Lantern and just like all this stuff. Like that made it it like blew everything wide open for me and it didn't even show anything. I felt really good about it until Two minutes later, when he got Thanos out of existence and nobody even blinked. Oh, see, like, I don't think he got Thanos out of existence. I think he got teleported back to Earth ninety. Because well, he was good with killing everybody else on Earth ninety. I don't know why he wasn't good with killing him right then and there. But yeah, maybe I don't know. But it was like Oliver just kind of looked over and he was gone. He was like, "Okay," and I'm going to give my line now. Like I'm just going to keep going. That didn't even phase any of us. Yeah, I do think it was funny that nobody was phased by it, but I don't think he's dead. I think that he just, I think that he just went back to his Earth. I think because so. I he's, think they, he, the Monitor wants people to survive, and this Flash survived. You know, like he he was good enough to actually make it. So I so I don't think because otherwise the Monitor could have killed him right at the right on Earth ninety. You know, it says like you've you've all failed and now you'll all perish. Blah blah blah. It's very vague language, but you know we know that it's actually the Anti Monitor coming. Crisis on Infinite Earths. Blah blah blah. That's why you'll perish. So I think I think that's why. Um, I think I think that's I think he's still alive. But the monitors destroying Earths in order to find the strongest Earth to stop the crisis from destroying Earths. I'm pretty sure that's comics. I don't think that's made up for this. I'm pretty sure that's comics. I think that's rooted in, in Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, well, that's the anti-monitor. This guy, that's what he was doing. So the, there's the, the monitor and then there's the anti-monitor. Right. Right. And this monitor was going around screwing stuff up to find the strongest earth in order to stop the coming crisis from destroying. I it just felt convoluted to me. Sure. But the monitors, I think themselves are convoluted. Like their actions don't necessarily make sense in comics either. You're like, okay, that's a thing that's you're doing. That's okay. No problem. 
So I'm not sure. Actually, I have to. I haven't read Crisis in such a long time. I'm gonna have to go back and actually like take a real big dive into it. Mm. I remember. I remember like the the anti monitor was already out there destroying stuff, and I remember the monitor and the harbinger teaming up. And I, I want to say that they were they were they were warning Earths and they were trying to save the Earths, but they were also looking for like the I don't know. I thought they were looking for like the 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 sole Earth that could that could survive that could survive the the crisis, and then they ended up you know merging them into Earth Prime. Hmm. I think I think you're right. Speaking of Harbinger, though, that's Lila. That's John. That's John Diggle's wife. Is Lila? She's Harbinger. That is. That is her character. So I wonder if they're going to utilize that in the crossover in Four Crisis on Infinite Earths. I can't see how they don't. Like, you have Lila. How do you not, if you're doing Crisis on Infinite Earths by name, how do you not have Harbinger? I don't know. Yeah. Because, yeah, her code name for Argus is is Harbinger. That's what they call her. That's right. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That's that's cool. I, I it didn't click in my brain until right now that she already exists. We've seen her yes, many sir. times. She's pretty awesome. Speaking of pretty awesome, I loved when Alex tackles Barry basically, and he's like, "Oh, badass on every earth." Got it. Yeah, that <laughs> yep. was a great line. <laughs> yep, that's he's a like, great oh, little comedy was beat. No, was no problem. Yep, badass. Yeah. <laughs> and it's true. It's and Alex, I mean, Alex is always a badass in every in every. Uh, Every time, every time we see her, she does something badass. Um, so, so yeah, I I will say the. How did you guys feel about the uh, the scene between, like the sort of the emotional scene between uh, Kara and Alex, with Kara all locked up and Alex uh, being her her keeper? I'll start with I'll start with Derek. No, please start with Tim. I want to hear Tim's take on this. Uh, contrived. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It felt it felt contrived. Like they didn't pull anything from the previous three and a quarter seasons of Supergirl for something to call back on that would fuel their relationship at all. Like nothing. You had to make you had to make up something that we hadn't heard of yet to then to then make your point. I didn't I didn't care for that. Mm. Derek? Uh, yeah, it didn't work for me either. Sorry. This Alex has a side braid. Like, I just, like, the whole, it did not, <laughs> their connection didn't, didn't, you know, because even, even Deegan's like, oh, you think you know her? Because she's just randomly here. Like, it just, it didn't work for me the way she was bringing her back around to her side. I, sorry. I, I love, I, I love Kara and Alex. Don't get, don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I just, that it didn't really work for me. I don't disagree with Kara you know, like getting Alex on her side because Alex, no. this this Alex already isn't really on Superman's side. You know, we see her. She's like, oh, I'm working. It's important. You see the hesitation. And, you know, even Caitlin as Killer Frost in, in that the newest reality says like, oh, you know, it's really more about serving his ego than serving the people and blah, blah, blah. Like his own team doesn't like him. Mm-hmm. But I just I think I think that. Alex and Kara, you know, I think that Melissa, you know, and um, Ky- uh, Kyler acted the hell out of it because that's what they do. They they have excellent chemistry, but I find that 
what Kara actually said to her, the story that she pulled upon wasn't if if it was if it had already existed in Supergirl canon, I would have been fine with it. But it felt like it felt made up, so we would have this moment. Yeah, um, I, I agree with you both. Um, I, I felt like it was somewhat contrived. It it would have been much more impactful to us as invested fans and viewers to have them draw on something that an adventure that they had together or, or something that we know about them already. Um, so for me, that would have had that would have had more impact and would have been, frankly, better storytelling. Um, but I. I, I I can't I can't argue with how how the two of them have incredible chemistry and I can't I mean it still felt it still felt like we got I, I'm a sucker for those Danvers sisters sit downs and pep talks and heart to hearts and um, you know we got that feeling maybe not with the same emotional weight as as one on Earth 38 would have been but um, we got that same that same type of, of scene with these two people who basically don't know each other um in reality and uh and there was something kind of cool about that but yeah it 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 was lacking that oomph that the you know real earth 38 uh alex would have had with with kara and and it it could have been something as simple as, as picking something that we had seen at some point in the last or had even heard mentioned um at some point in the last couple of years i think would have made a big difference in the scene yeah yeah that's okay though you know it's all good as long as she doesn't have the side braid anymore, I'm happy. <laughs> I don't really, I don't mind the side braid. The side braid. It's it's like you know, it's like giving uh, somebody a mustache or or whatever. No, uh, I don't mind side braids per se. I just like the hair, like the wig they gave her. I just oh, oh didn't. It wasn't working for me. It was right, the wig fair. itself. Maybe it's because I'm just so used to her with short hair that when she has long hair, I'm like, whoa, mm-hmm, what is happening? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I'm not sure. Either way, we didn't really finish talking about Batwoman. So I want to go back to that for a hot second. I did my the first time I watched the first time I watched the second episode, I was not totally thrilled with Ruby Rose's performance. I thought that her, the the way she delivered her lines or even just the charisma to which she held herself against these other heroes, I, she wasn't working for me. Now she has a big disadvantage because she's the newbie, you know. She doesn't really know them, you know, as people, never mind as characters. And so and they have excellent chemistry together. So she felt out of place to me at first. I think she didn't she didn't fit right in. But on second watch, I I was looking for some nuance to what she was doing. And she 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 opted for stoic right and grumpy but because because stoic and grumpy you don't inflect a lot it i thought that was the thing that detracted from the first time but i liked her performance much better the second time i watched it i liked her batwoman more than i liked her kate uh Mm. i did i did too but though she feels like she's playing like it feels like Kate Kane is putting on a part to play Batwoman, you know, like I don't do tearful goodbyes. Like it just didn't it just didn't fall correctly for me. That being said, I think she looked fantastic. I think yeah. the oh God, Batwoman yes. costume might I, I, be I, I gotta one say of that's one ones. of that's one of the best suits they have made in any of mm-hmm. these shows. I, I have to agree. I I do think I have to call baloney on Kara X Rain her 
secret identity. I, I don't think Kara would do that. Well, I also think it'd be made of lead. Yes, but on Earth One, there are no X-ray vision. There are no super people, oh. so there are. There's no reason for it to be made Fair. of lead. Fair. All right. Yeah, I will take that. That's that. That works. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I I just don't think she would do that. That that's out of character to me. For she's her to a, do that. she's a person that respects people. It is not out she of does. Kate Kane's character to put at, put put Car and Supergirl together in a second because Kate Kane is a fabulous character. No, not at all. Incredibly yeah. intelligent. So I liked that, and I did like when Car first meets Kate, and she's like, "Wow, she's so cool." You know, like that's you know that was their. You know, she is taken by her in some way. Like, whoa, you're so different from me. And I, like, opposites attract in some way. Like, we're going to be cool friends. This is going to be great. Um, So I did enjoy that because I really wanted to see. I'm really here for Batwoman and Supergirl team-ups. Like, really. And they hinted at it. And, and I think we'll get it. World's you know, finest. Likely next yeah. season. Yeah. World's finest. Yeah, which, World's is, finest, which is pretty cool. Because, you know, because you said somebody said before, I think it was Derek, that, you know, Batman exists on Earth 38 because she makes mention of Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent or Batman and Superman being frenemies. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know he already exists because Wynn makes a reference to Batman in like season two or two. season yeah, two. He makes and, a reference and, to him in season two, I think. And and Kara's even said, has mentioned, not Bruce proper, but has said, my cousin has a friend like that. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, they never they've never said his name, but you know, we know he's around on that earth already. Yeah. It's that's not a mystery. Um so but I I want to see more of her, but I I she I she, I think she's she needs maybe some time to grow into the character for a pilot, you know, like you know, because if I went back and watched Grant Gustin's Barry in, you know, the first episode he ever appeared in, I might not have loved him in there either. You know, like it might I might not have been totally sold on him being the Flash. So I am I like Ruby Rose a lot. So I I think it's like more like an expectation versus reality kind of thing for me. Like, I don't know what I was expecting, but I was expecting kind of like maybe a scene stealer. And that's what I didn't get when she was Kate Kane. I think she kind of had it when she was Batwoman. Um Though I think her tag in the third episode was her best performance as Batwoman. So, I don't know. Mm, okay. I, I definitely agree with you guys that I, I liked her her Batwoman more than I liked her Kate Kane, I think. But it's also, yeah, to your point, it's like, do we like Barry that much? And this is sort of, this is the backdoor pilot for her. So, they, they need some time to find their footing. And, and she, Ruby, needs some time probably to find her footing with the character. Um, yeah. It seemed like they had a much better idea of we know what batwoman should be like right like what ideally what what she should be like so it seemed like they had a good idea of what they wanted that side of her character to to talk and act like and they had not yet really figured out the kate side um and and that that may be one of those things that one or two episodes in you know that's when you start to feel like they're they're gelling and they're they're hitting their stride with the character that's right i i agree with that did they ever say her name proper? Did Kate they Kane? ever say the word Bat? No, Batwoman. No, never. No, I, I didn't don't think, think so. so. I, I never heard it. No, yeah. she's not called that. Yeah. But that's okay. I mean, they barely call each other by their code names. You know, it's all Kara and Oliver and Barry and blah blah blah. It's like yeah. I think you heard Superman more than anybody else's name. That yeah. that may be true, actually. Yeah. Yeah, and even then, you still hear a lot of like. I, I got real giddy when Oliver's like, "I agree with Clark," and I was like, "Ah." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just it's weird for to me for the introduction of a character to not 
you know, nobody jumped out of that van she landed on going, oh, it's Batwoman or anything. You know, like there was no. That's true. There was no moment like that. It would have felt very strange if somebody was like, that's Batwoman, run. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because they were just all screaming and whatever else anyway there is a there was a backdoor reference to somebody that is allegedly appearing in the batwoman show if it gets picked up one of the main characters so when they're on the roof of wayne enterprises you know cara um or uh, kate says oh you know one of bruce's it guys is still in the building if you want to if you want him to take a look at it. Facial recognition. yeah, Facial recognition stuff, right, exactly. And one of the people who is, uh, they're casting for all of those parts right now to to film the pilot and whatever else. So um, one of the people that's supposed to appear based on the description is Luke Fox, who is Lucius Fox's son. You know, people might know Lucius Mm -hmm. Fox from uh, Morgan Freeman's portrayal of him in the Dark Knight films. Um, Luke Fox is his son, and becomes the hero Batwing, uh, who is like a armored Batman, I guess. You know, like think like Iron, like an Iron Man armor, but but Batman style. Uh, and so that's supposed like that would be that would be that guy. I think if he's still in the building, that was my assumption. So I think so. We got a backdoor reference to the people who are really in the know. Hmm. I did not catch that. I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was looking at those character breakdowns. I think. I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, one of the reasons Caroline did did the story is because she's doing their their pilot. Yes, that oh, is correct. Right, that the is pilot for, that is correct for yeah. the Batwoman pilot. Should mm. that come to fruition, that's right. cool. But um, I, yeah, if Arrow's on its way out, Batwoman, Batwoman, no, it's pilots picked up because they're filming it. But I don't know. They don't. It's not a greenlit show yet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, if Arrow's on its way out, if like this maybe really is the last season, you know, for one reason or another, Batwoman is a a hearty replacement for that, you know, because you that's our your your dark and violent vigilantism kind of kind of deal. So we'll see, we'll see. Uh, anything else that you guys want to talk about? I want I want to know speculations for next year because mm. that that was that was brazen to do that I felt like and uh, to go ahead and, and and call what you're doing there in the coda. Let's um, let's definitely get to that. But but before we do, is there anything else we want to cover from the the body of these three episodes? Um, I liked John Deegan's performance. I he was he was fun to watch. I think most of the time he was kind of this weird kind of dude. And I liked that they made his face at the end of the third episode look like the classic Dr. Destiny, which is the villain he was supposed to be. Dr. Destiny is a villain that warps reality and, you know, plays with your dreams. He's think of him almost like the Freddy Krueger of like DC, but also, but also, um, but also reality based stuff, not just yeah. dreams, which is why his face kind of looks like a white Freddy Krueger. Hmm. Um, hmm. So I like that. I liked the inclusion of Psycho Pirate, the the guy with the gold mask, um, who was definitely playing it over the top. Didn't care for the performance, but I liked Psycho Pirate because Psycho Pirate plays a huge part in Crisis on Infinite Earth. So that's like laying the seeds right away. Yeah, that but was exciting. Tim, the inmates are running the asylum. <laughs> acting. acting. I'm acting. No, yeah, didn't didn't care for that. Acting no wonder crazy William Shatter was live tweeting the first night. 
I love that William Shatner was live tweeting the first night. Spectacular. <laughs> I followed it, too. I should have been in bed. But I was I following his tweets? Sure was. West Coast time, baby. Oh, yeah, man. Guess all good. I I enjoyed I enjoyed this. I I give it a I give it a so, I give it a four I give it a four out of five. Um, I, it it left you know it was about twenty percent of of things that I would have done a little bit differently, but f- solid four out of five. Such a great crossover for me. A hell of a lot of fun. I I can't wait to sit down and watch. I'm jealous, Tim, that you got to watch each episode twice. I only got to see them each once. Um, and my only notes are like my tweets, uh, that I live tweeted. So I, I, I really enjoyed the hell out of this and I am stoked for crisis on infinite earths. Um, mm-hmm. Der- Derek, what was your overall evaluation before we get into crisis talk? Uh, I, mm, I give it a three. Okay. Uh, I was, I, I, I was more excited for the prospect than what was delivered to me. I feel like, um, but uh, I still feel that the stuff that they did well, they did really well. Mm. Um, I, I think I was left wanting more. Um, the the references I made when I was talking to my friend Steve Glosson a few weeks ago that they were doing this. He he said they're they're doing crisis, and I said hey, they're doing diet crisis. This is crisis <laughs> junior, um, crisis light, and that that we. Uh, went into a whole sort of discussion about fresca from there so yeah i this was definitely diet crisis to me and 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 i was i was left wanting more which which is i guess what we're getting in a year so yeah sounds like it that's pretty good i i'm with frank i give it a four out of five i think i liked crisis on earth x more Mm. um just just and i'm not sure why i actually have to go back and rewatch it soon just just so i can really decide if I like it more but my memory serves that I think I liked it a little bit more and I think that might just be because it's it was slightly more like I don't just put in Nazis in a like as the bad guys it's really hard not to be on board with that I think just because you're ah, classic bad guys you know just you know punch punch you know stuff like that Mm. and there were some very cool moments in there but I think the inclusion of Batwoman, of Lois Lane, especially Superman, you know, those are those are things that I I was giddy when they were on screen, you know, and just like little things like that. But I, I think the plotting was a little tighter for this, just like the self-referential stuff, you know, like really playing with the idea of like even Ralph Divney being like. Oh my god! It's not even Tuesday. You know, it was a yeah, g- yeah, that was genius fun. line, genius line. You know, because you know, because Flash is on Tuesday, blah blah blah, and it was Sunday. You know, stuff like I really enjoyed that. You know, this uh, and they the callbacks to tiny things, tiny tiny things going back like um, Nano Nanites courtesy Nanites courtesy of Ray Palmer is a callback to a previous to a previous season of the Flash. Um, Iris is his lightning rod, which was hilarious. No, yeah. no, say it. It works every time. <laughs> <laughs> no, say- I I got more of a kick out of the way Legends treated the crossover than oh, some of the stuff that missed calls from Oliver Queen yeah. and Barry Allen and Cara Danvers. I'm like, hmm. oh well, not even Cara Danvers, Cara Zor-El. Cara Zor-El. Did oh. Really? oh man, yeah, it was like not answering those. <laughs> Must be crossover time. <laughs> 
Yep. I did even Supergirl being like, oh, it's becoming an annual thing. And Barry's like, oh, please, no. Just, yeah, I, know. I can't. I, know. I can't. I can't. Or Diggle being like, every time you three show up. Yeah, I know it's a problem. You know, like, yeah. oh, I think I'd be used to it with like crisis this crisis this and aliens and this and i i think that they there was a real tongue-in-cheek to a lot of this that i really really enjoyed even That's little right. things that should have been kind of tongue-in-cheek were included in the story like i don't care how barry got the crossbows put in the grass it doesn't really matter to me that but it called all the like it went all the way back to you know it kind of went all the way back to the very first time they were together, the very first crossover. The Brave and the Bold. The Brave and the Bold, right. Mm-hmm. And even um, like the shooting an arrow and having him catch it was like the original commercial for yep for the two their two shows. So it's just that there was a lot of really fun things in there, and that pushes it to really to four to me. But I think I honestly, I, I'd almost give it a five just for Bitsy, just for Lois. Mm. Yeah, she, she was just she, she was just so good. She was she so good. She accounts for a big chunk of that for sure. For mm-hmm. sure. I love it. I it, mean, just the fact that we got to see the monitor fight two flashes and the green arrow and Supergirl, you know, on primetime TV. That's yep. that's pretty like think about that in context. You know, we're we've all been we've all been fans of of these characters our whole lives, right? Between the three of us, we're talking like 90 years of of fandom of these characters. And to see that right. on a you know Sunday Monday night whatever night that that part I guess it was part two mm-hmm. uh, in prime time uh, that's pretty remarkable and pretty well, special and, and something to be happy about. And just twenty years ago, the best that we had was Batman and Robin in nineteen ninety seven. Twenty one yeah. years ago, you know, and then the X Men in their leather uniforms in two thousand, and then ten years of Smallville where you don't even see him in a full costume, like you know you know like at all. Like that's We've come, We've come such, far. We've such a long way. It's crazy. I'll give you, like, having Barry and Oliver standing in the middle of space on a platform talking to the monitor, I was like, oh, my God. Mm. Comics, man. This is great. Uh, yeah. This is great. I'm, it was, I was really, so anything that I nitpicked, it was literally a nitpick. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't actually care enough. It was so great. My biggest nitpick, I still haven't seen John Jones look like Martian Manhunter and Superman in the same frame. True. Just standing there next to one another. Like, he's, like, just off to the side in one bit, and then he does his own thing, and then he looks like David Harewood in the rest of the time. And I was like, why? Why? Why can't you just have the two of them standing right next to one another for a second? Just a second. Stupid. That's the thing I'm mad about the most, I think. Uh, next year. Next year, baby. Next year. It's, it's all leading to this. <laughs> why don't we, why don't we being... talk about next year a little bit and, and, yeah. and speculate? Right. Because my question is, you were talking about Sunday, Monday, Tuesday night. How, you really going to do this in four episodes? Make it five. Spread it across. <sighs> Give me a way. If it's Crisis on Infinite Earth, maybe Black Lightning will finally cross over, and it'll, they'll just take they'll just take the whole week. Well, we we may have Batwoman by this point too. We don't know that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it may have been picked up, so that could be your your fifth hour right yeah. there. I and just, if and if you're doing Crisis and if Legend survives, they're definitely like you have to include Legends. You gotta go. You gotta go all in. But I think the smart thing to do would not be to say like, oh, it's the Flash's episode, so we gotta serve Team Flash here, and it's it's like you just make one big TV movie event, and yes. you don't have to worry. It's not like the Flash's episode, Arrow's episode, whatever. It's literally just 
here's this TV movie. It's a miniseries. It's, it's a, a miniseries. hour miniseries, five-part miniseries that is, I agree, removed from the rest, right? So it's not Supergirl season five, episode nine, or whatever it's going to be. It's a separate thing. All the shows go on pause for that week, and this is a, a miniseries event. That's the only way you can do it to me, is if you stop self-serving the shows and we've got to use all these actors and and actually do this justice. That's right. Pun intend- no pun intended. It yeah. might be easier to schedule them that way, too, because then you, you know, you're you're by suspending by suspending work on those other shows, you are that you freeing up your casting crew to work just on this thing you know, together. And that doesn't mean like, oh, we're still filming episode 10 while the crossover is going on and stuff like that. Because that's what they that's what they do. And it's crazy busy. That's insane. And they pull it off. It's pretty amazing. They gave us a two hour movie while also filming other TV. uh, When actors in contract, you can make them do whatever you have. to. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that they're not tired. You yeah. Know. Oh, yeah. They're tired, but you're still going to do it. Yeah, sure. We have to do <laughs> I, things for our jobs. Yeah. But my thing is shoehorning all these people in is going to be hard because mark my words, if you're going to do it, go all out. You know, I I've, I fully believe they're going to. And now with Amel and, and, and working with Rosenbaum and Welling, you're, you're going to see Smallville people in this crossover. I, I have no doubt. I will I, put money on that. I agree. Right I, now. So. I think even if they're not in costume, you'll see Smallville people. Yeah, I, I yep. but I mean, do it out. Put Slater in the suit. Put Ralph back in the suit. Do the whole thing. Let's do it. Yeah, I think I think you'll see. I don't know if you'll see some of them in suits per se. I think you'll see Brandon Routh in a in a suit. I think you'll see, I think you'll see Brandon Routh in a Superman suit because you have him. And that makes he's, me really he, happy. He's right there. He's literally he's right, right there. there. But also, like, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, Dean Kane, people who they, Dean Kane, and. And they've, you know, they've brought in Erica Durant and they brought in Terry Hatcher and they've brought like they brought in all of these people, Helen Slater. Um, I, I they have to they have to do that. Right. Like, Tim, you and I were texting before um, before this crossover uh, happened. And we were like, how crazy would it be if they pulled in like, you know, alter egos for all the different characters, like every Superman who's like living or, or everyone that they can get to, you know, to, to do this. And I feel like next year they could pull that off, even if it's just f- brief flashes for a moment, you know, or, 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 or brief cameos similar to what we saw in that Earth-90 um, scene at the very beginning of the Flash episode that was the teaser at the end of all last week's episodes. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. I would agree with that. Yeah. I think if they know they're doing this now, they so much so that they've announced it, there's a, a bigger plan already at work. There's something yeah. that's already happened for them to ha- to say like it's not just like a oh, we're doing it. It's a we've already thought this out. This is our these pieces are already in play. Blah 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 blah. It's a, a pretty spectacular. It's so so ballsy. I it's think. very very aggressive, very ambitious. I think that because we all know about it a year in advance, they have a year to plan, right? They have a year to get it right, so they better get it right. Like, I will probably be a little less forgiving of things like story, like plot cohesion. Like, if the plot isn't cohesive and if there are parts of the story that don't really hold together, um, I won't be as forgiving next year because they will know that they had at least a year to work it out, you know, likely more. And... I really want them to I want them to take the time to do it right. I think the story should be simple and 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 
hold together. Um, I, I, I want to see lots of fan service and stuff, but above all, I want the, the plot and the story to be workshopped like a Pixar movie to where it is just mm-hmm. airtight and, and, and just works. Theory. Every superhero show they have goes on half season in the second half, and they spend all of the summer and the fall filming Crisis on Infinite Earths. Whoa. I wish, because some of these shows I feel like need to be 13 episodes anyway. Yeah, I feel like if Arrow was 13 episodes, I'd enjoy it a lot more. I I think any of, I mean, I love that we can get 22 episodes a year, 22 hours of some of our favorite characters of all time. But I also enjoy 13, 10 episodes because I know I'm getting 10 to 13 really consistent, well-told hours, which sometimes beats mediocrity for 42 minutes. So it's a, not every episode being mediocre, but you know, you you have your filler episodes. It, It always happens. So... I don't know. I wouldn't. I don't think it's possible with you know advertisers and all of these different things. But that's like a pipe dream. I would love to see each season end in May, and then Crisis is starts their seasons. You know, you know, instead of it being a crossover in episode nine, the premiere of every show is the Crisis on Infinite Earths TV mini TV mm. miniseries, and then that spirals into their shorter seasons for all those characters would be cool would be very cool yeah that's my that's what i'm gonna i'm gonna go with that that's my that's my overarching theory apart from seeing a lot of actors i think that are will be happy to come back from previous projects some that are already involved in the arrowverse and some not linda carter is still you know don't forget about linda carter man you know there's a lot of stuff there's a lot of stuff you can there's still tons of, I don't think we'll see movie people. That's my you know what I mean like you know like everyone that we've really seen they're the the TV versions of these heroes for the most part, yeah. Yeah, I would love this is weird. I want to see voice actors. I want to see Kevin Conroy. I want to see Clancy Brown. I see, I you don't know, think they would do that though. I, I don't, don't think... not not in costume, but I want them to be characters. Oh, like cameos. And, yeah, I want that. Yeah, or like you know, Clancy Brown as you know the Anti Monitor or something like that. You know what uh, I mean? Okay. Like I want something like that. I want to. If you're doing it, just do it. You know, you're gonna have a lot because Cryer will be Lex by this point too. That's true. The best Lex Luthor that's already existed. I'm we'll sure. See. We yeah, will no, see. Derek, you want to no bring idea. us home? <laughs> you want to bring us home with your speculation on what what we're gonna see? Yeah, or what you'd like to I, see? What I'd like to see, I. I like I said, I go falls to the wall with it. I mean, you bring in movie people. I'd love to see Helen Slater wearing the Supergirl outfit. Uh, I, I I don't know what. I'm glad in a way that they've gone ahead and announced it, so we know what to expect. But also at the same time, it's like there's a lot of room for disappointment if you if you don't fulfill on several promises uh, made here, um, because it's not it it you're calling it Crisis on Infinite Earths. It's it's a pre-existing thing. It's not something you're making up. I mean, you're using the logo and everything. So there, there's certain things that I think you're going to have to land the footing on uh, if if you're going to go all out with this. Um, obviously, our iterations are differently done because of what they've created with within these four shows. Um, so it, it, it's that's going to look different. But I, I think that you're 
shoehorning in certain aspects of picking and choosing what you want and what you don't want isn't going to necessarily work here. I think you're going to have to do something very bold. I could see it being the last crossover. Mm. Uh, too, I could I, I could see them saying this is the last time they're going to do it um, Go because they're already it. having to do things like take Superman to Argo for a year um, to take him out of the picture. You know, Batman's Bruce is gone for three years. That and we know Arrow's not going to last forever. Um, already in its seventh season, we know that's not going to go. I don't. I don't. I can't see Arrow going ten seasons. I just, I yeah. personally, I just can't see that. I, I, yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that it, I'm not sure that it will. Um, but, but he, he, here's a question. Here's a question for you. Um, so, so Tim laid out the point earlier that, um, you know, it's very possible that we'll get, um, Barry and and Oliver, like Oliver taking Barry's place, right? Because we know in Crisis on Infinite Earths, if you read it. Uh, the Flash dies and Supergirl dies. Right. So do we? So, so I, I could see. I like the theory that Oliver will take Barry's place, and maybe that's how how they even. Maybe that plays into how the end of Arrow happens, or maybe they bring him back. I don't know. Uh, there is a Lazarus Pit after all. Uh, but maybe, do we maybe think Superman that Supergirl dies, dies? dies? Yeah, maybe no. Maybe um, maybe Supergirl dies instead of super. Like Superman dies instead of Supergirl here. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, which I wouldn't like because on that he'll... Superman Lois show that I need. Yep, yeah, I need also... it so bad, Derek. I need it so bad. Yeah, I know, especially with the two of them because they're just. We haven't even talked about Tyler Hoechlin, but but he's just so good. He's just stupidly it's just understood good. that he's great. He's stupidly good at being stupidly. evil and good. It's it works. Correct. Um, Correct. But I, I I think it's too big of a book and too wrapped in comic DC history. So I think they are going to pull the best elements out of crisis yeah, and then just make so. it work and make it work that way i think yeah. it'll be like any adaptation of a book right you take the the you, you top line it you take the the high points of it and you make it work as as best you can in the new medium right even think of like captain america civil war that's not super close to that's not super close to no. the comic book no it, the, the main points are there government yes. captain america versus iron man after that there's not really a whole lot in common that's right. But that's why I'm saying you can't you can't use this name and and not do the things that need to be done to tie it to it. You can't use that name and have no bearing on Crisis on Infinite Earths whatsoever. Yeah, I, I mean, know. Civil War Civil War still at, at its core has still got those elements in it, and this is going to have to do the same thing, or it's going to be a, a cop out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, we will wait and see until next year. But uh, man, guys, this was great. This was a great conversation. I love talking to, to both of you, and and talking the three of us together was just just as much fun as I as I had hoped. We should do it again next year. Yes, absolutely. I completely agree. We should do it again next year. Uh, this has been Marvel talk to you, Derek. This has been above and beyond my expectations talking to I, you. I can't believe we never have. It, it shocks me. In I know. A way. It just it, it, it's shocking because it just seems like we have. Like it's that. That's the weird thing. That's the weird thing. I agree. I feel like this is something we've done before, but maybe we yeah. haven't. It ties right into what we just watched in these episodes. <laughs> Somebody maybe maybe history. we did it on another Earth. Yeah, potentially. That's, that's where yeah. Deja Vu comes from. Anyway, there you go, Derek. Why don't you tell people where they can find you on the internet? Uh 
Starville's House of L with Brian Austin Green is the new show. I can't <laughs> wait to start that one. No, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So I do Starville's House of L Krypton with Frank here. Uh, we cover sci fi's Krypton series. And also, uh, I do a show called With Brian Austin Green with Brian Austin Green from 90210. You can find that at withbagpod.com. So. Will you be doing any Elseworlds coverage over on the shoe feeds? Yes, Startwell's House of L, uh, OG, the Smallville feed, will be covering uh, El- all three hours of Elseworlds with myself and Steve Glosson. Uh, so we, uh, it'll be far more laid back and probably tangent driven than what you just heard here. But if you, if you are an old school shoe listener, uh, you could be finding that in the coming days over at smallvillepodcast.com. Looking forward to that for sure. I'll definitely be listening. Um, any, anything else you want to, anything else you want to plug? Nope. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us, man. It was a blast. You can find us on the internet uh, at TV Supergirl on Twitter, SupergirlTVTalk.com, mail at SupergirlTVTalk.com. We've obviously got a hiatus now, so send us those emails. We will be reading them during the hiatus. We'll do a mailbag episode, I'm sure. Uh, and make sure to follow us on Instagram at SupergirlTVTalk. Find us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere you can find podcasts, you will find Supergirl TV Talk. And of course, uh, Thought Bubble Audio is your home for this show and many, many other shows. Patreon.com slash Thought Bubble Audio. If you enjoyed this and you want to kick in a buck, a uh, buck a month, you know, it's like a quarter an episode. Works out really nicely. And, and we've, had a, we've had a bunch of people joining uh, over, the, over the last few weeks. Thank you so much to everyone who supports us at Patreon.com slash Thought Bubble Audio. If you want to join... Head on over there, get lots of exclusive content that only our patrons get to hear. Thanks, gentlemen. This has been a blast. It has been fun. Thank you both. Thank you both. And until next time, up, up, and away. <laughs>